Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Sex. Hello, hello, hello. This is Polly. You're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters and create the lives we want to live. And sometimes that means moving on, right? Letting go. And maybe you see that as giving up or quitting. But I think it takes a lot of intelligence and practicality and resilience to give up on one goal one relationship, one job, one book, whatever it is that we're doing in our lives to move on. That's not an easy decision to make, and yet it's a necessary one if we're going to live our potential, if we're going to create the kind of lives we want to live and do the work that matters to us and to the world, right? Because I think work that matters, I think uh, creating, making stuff, serving others, is the stuff that not only changes us and our lives and makes us better, but also changes the world. And that's our responsibility. But sometimes we can't do that when we're locked into a goal that is not working. Now, are you the type of person that never puts down a book? You'll just keep on reading even if you hate it, even if it's disturbing, even if there's something else you'd rather read or do? Yeah, I I am. <laughs> you know, my tenacity and stick to itness and determination has been a major strength in my life. But it can also be a liability. So I've had to learn how to let go. I've had to learn how to give up on one thing so I can go do something that's healthier or more meaningful or more fun. And I think it's okay to do that. There's Uh, a condition called sunk costs, right? And investors talk about this. And really, whenever we're making an investment, it could be time, it could be energy, it could be money. We're more likely to stick to the wrong thing because we've already invested so much time, right? So one example is you're more likely to wait another hour for a train that may never come simply because you've already waited an hour. Now, that doesn't make sense, right? We could let go and go catch another train from a block down the street and be where we want to go faster and having a good time sooner. 
Okay. Same with the books. I love to read. When I walk in a bookstore, I have major anxiety because I look at all these shelves and I recognize that I won't even read a fraction of them in my lifetime. And I feel sad about that. And yet I will read a book. I will persist even if it's a book I don't like because... I need to finish what I started, but that is counterproductive. And so in my life, I've had to learn how to quit. I've had to learn when to give up because while dogged determination and tenacity can serve us and help us persist, sometimes it gets in our way. So today we're talking about how to give up, how to let it go so that we can move on into something better. Now, we do this all throughout our lives. I'll give you a real personal example. This year, you know, I've had um, my hips replaced. I live with uh, rheumatoid arthritis and it was time to have a hip replacement. Now, it was probably time like five years ago, but for a whole lot of reasons, I personally wasn't ready to have these surgeries. It's a major surgery. It's a tough thing and I wasn't ready and that's okay. But the time came when I had to be ready because I was no longer able to do the things that were important to me in my life. I couldn't do it. Now, vacuuming is not that thing. I hope I never vacuum again. <laughs> but I was to the point where I couldn't enjoy time with my daughter the same way, or even go out comfortably to a restaurant with my friends or do the fun things. It was time to give up and go in for the surgery. And that wasn't a weakness. I was excited and ready to roll. We have been raised in this culture where uh, persistence is really revered and certainly it has its benefits. I believe in it a lot. If you're going to write a book, you need to persist because there's a lot of times you don't feel like doing it. But if you are behind the wrong goal or one that is actually unachievable, like I wasn't going to get better without this surgery, then it's time to give up on one goal and move on to the next. In other words, you have to let something go so you can move toward the better outcomes and the more fulfilling lives and meaningful situations. And in fact, when we choose a goal that we know we can quit on, right, we're actually more motivated to persist. So understanding that anything we take on in our lives, if it's no longer the right fit, if the marriage is hurtful and not working out, if the job is soul-sucking or not paying enough for our skills, right? If the hip is no longer walking me around the house, it's time to let go so that we can move on to the next thing. And understanding that as part of being emotionally intelligent, and it's also how we achieve our greatest goals. And in fact, understanding that you can quit is part of becoming a more persistent person, according to research. So I've worked on this through all facets of my life, including my relationship with my teenage daughter. We have had an ongoing issue in our relationship where we simply disagree. Now, what we disagree on isn't harmful. It's not a terrible thing. It's not going to impact her future at all. And yet we've both been hanging on to our position. It's a fight. I can't win. And the reality is we are fighting about it. So now this position is becoming a detriment in my relationship with my daughter, which is ultimately the thing I care about most. We're pretty open with each other. We share a lot of things and I want that to continue. So I need to 
back off and lay off on this one issue that we've been talking about for years so that I can get the ultimate outcome, which is to have a healthy relationship with this young woman I adore, right? It doesn't mean it's easy to quit. It doesn't mean it's easy to give up on something that I personally feel is valuable, but it's a fight I'm not going to win. And I really had to evaluate whether I need to. Is it bad to give up on this position? And after thinking about that, my responsibility as a parent and my feelings as a person, no, it's something I can give up for the greater good of our relationship. So there's lots to evaluate here. Now, if you're quitting or ready to walk out the door or give up on something simply because you might feel a little afraid, been there, or because it's really hard, absolutely have been there that might not be the right time to leave. But if you are pursuing something and not making any progress on it, things are not getting any better, you are not feeling uh, more fulfilled, though you've tried different strategies and worked on things, it might be time to go. No matter how much time you've invested, that's not a reason to stay longer. If you are not making progress toward your goal, and in fact, you're giving up other things that might be meaningful in your life to persist, you need to evaluate whether it's time to go. And it's okay to acknowledge it is. In fact, it's emotionally intelligent to do so. And chances are your life will open up, okay? In fact, holding on to the wrong goal, the thing that we may never achieve, never make progress toward, never improve at, is actually draining. It uh, lowers our well-being, can contribute to chronic illness and other stress-related health issues. Not worth it. We've been taught to hang in at all costs. I don't think that's the way to go anymore. But it's worth being deliberate in your thoughts about this. When it's time to move on, be conscious and aware of your next step, what you're leaving and what you're getting in return, and be open to the process. Because letting go is tough, right? There's going to be some grief involved to acknowledge that, no, maybe you will never have a baby because now you're 50 and chances are against you. Maybe you never will play in the NBA. Maybe the book you wrote will never become a bestseller. Maybe the marriage you've been in for 20 years is not working anymore and it's time to go. Whatever it is, issues big and small, this is a process of shedding our skin and some of our identity to grow into the next place. So I think it's exciting, but it's not always easy. Now, before you move on, have another goal in mind. What is it you need and want and desire in your life? And be more abstract or broad in your thinking about this. A lot of people will hang on to a marriage because one, it's what we've been taught to do. And two, because it's painful to leave a relationship where once there was love and and joy and uh, shared dreams and goals, right? And it can be scary to be alone. Maybe Maybe you'll think you'll never find love again. It's the same with leaving a job. You know, sometimes the bad that we know that we can live with is better than the unknown. 
I don't really think it is, but I understand why we sometimes feel that way. We attach to what we know. And to move on, we've got to let go of that. So think in terms of what your next goal is going to be before you move on. Know what you're after. What do you want to feel? What do you want to experience? What do you desire? What are your needs? How much money do you need to make? What kind of freedom do you want in your life? And if you're afraid of leaving a marriage that's not working or a relationship that's not working because you're afraid of never finding love again, maybe you need to look at it in broad terms. What is it you want in your relationship with another? What is it you want in your life? Maybe you want to feel supported. Maybe you want to feel, uh, you know, that deep form of connection where you can share with somebody. Maybe that doesn't have to show up in a marriage. Maybe that doesn't even have to be in a serious relationship. There can often be other ways for us to find what we desire most without the structure that we've assigned it to. So for example, I always wanted to be a writer. I wanted a writing career. I wanted to write books and magazines. And I've done that. I've been very fortunate and I, I love my job. But at a certain point, I was frustrated. I felt like I was stuck in this routine that was no longer, it wasn't as meaningful to me as I had been previously. So I thought, what does this mean? That I can't be a writer anymore? And I'm, what am I going to do if I can't be a writer? And what I realized is what I like about writing is this ability to communicate with others, to create, to make something, to learn in my research and then connect deeply in a meaningful way. And the podcast came out of that, right? I still write the podcast and show. I still do the research. So all the things that I get from writing an article, I also get from a podcast. Only I feel more creative and alive again because I'm letting go of one thing to do another that right now has more meaning. I shed that old skin of mine to grow into something that fits better now. At some point, the podcast will go away too. I'll need to let go of that for the next thing, the next avenue of growth. We don't have to look at letting go in terms of bad or good. You can put down a book you don't like for one that is more fulfilling and more satisfying, right? But when you decide to stop reading, know which book you're going to pick up, what you want to read next. When you decide to walk away from one goal because you are not progressing and instead it's becoming a stressful drain, which happens to all of us, then know where you want to head next. And remember, you can change that too down the road. You can let go of that. But in the short run, we are going to have a much more motivating, positive, healthy experience. If you, we leave one goal for something that is more meaningful. All right, what do we do after that? When we've decided to make our break for it, in honor of a new goal, how do we actually go through the steps to move on? We are going to talk about that when we come back to Polly Campbell Simply Said on the best business network of Electricast. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. This is Polly Campbell. Polly Campbell simply said on the best business network of Electricast. All right, time to quit. We're letting go of one goal. We're moving on in our lives to something that feels more satisfying, exciting, interesting, meaningful, whatever. These can be big things or small things. A, a new goal can be leaving the family home that you've enjoyed all these years to downsize so you can have more freedom in your life, whatever it is. The way to do this is to understand what you want and need in your life now, to choose the next move in broad terms uh, that will help you get those things, a new house, a new job, a separation, right? New hips, <laughs> in my case, giving up on a fight with a teenager, so that I could have a better, more mature relationship with her. So when we quit the first goal to move on, we have to give ourselves some time to disengage. We need to release the old dream, the thing we have not achieved, the baby we couldn't have, or the book we haven't published, the job we didn't get. These aren't bad goals. These are just things that didn't happen because we're interested in moving in a different direction, or the timing wasn't right, or... We changed our mind. Whatever it is, it just didn't work out. Honor that old goal with a ritual. This was not wasted time. There was a lot of learning that came through during this process. So write the reasons you're giving up the goal on the sheet of paper and then write the goal behind it and burn it in the backyard fire pit. Or write in your journal about what you're giving up and why and how you feel about that because chances are this thing affects your identity too when I changed the way I was thinking about my writing I changed the way I was thinking about myself I will tell you what when I got my hips replaced it has changed who I am as a person because of how I can be in the world that's brought some interesting feelings along the way some curiosity, some grief, some understanding, some compassion. It's okay to think about the end, even more than the end of your goal, if you need to do that. And also celebrate the things you learned along the way, the people you met, the things you've done. It's not wasted time. And create a ritual for that. Write about it in your journal. Make a toast. Sometimes in my family, I will toast the end of one thing and the start of another. So I wrap up one thing and get excited about the next. When I finish writing a book, I feel a little attachment to that. I feel a little sad when it goes out in the world. I feel a little excited. All of that comes, but I need to honor the end of this big effort before I go on to the next. And after writing a book, that can take weeks for me. I need to learn how to stop thinking about that and get excited about the next idea. Okay, so honor the end. Consider 
the wants and needs and desires and experiences you want to have, and then choose the goal, the next goal to support those things. So maybe you don't really want to publish a book. Maybe you just want to have the accomplishment of writing it. It could be anything, right? Or maybe it doesn't matter if it's a bestseller. You just want to publish a book. So honor the goal you have quit and understand what you want to accomplish next. And then set a new goal, one that aligns with your values and your lifestyle so that it's realistic and possible and supports who you are as a person instead of going against it. Maybe you don't want to get married again, but you do want a close connection with another person. That's okay to have that as a goal, right? And then decide how you're going to exist in the world. Maybe your values don't fit going to a bar and hanging out or getting online, but you do like to live a healthy lifestyle, so you go to the gym. That might be where you meet the next person, right? Whatever we're choosing next needs to be in alignment with the values that we hold now. Otherwise, we'll never get there. And as we move closer to it, we'll just feel out of sync and gross. Okay. Now, would I like to have a bestseller? Sure. But that is not why I write. And if I did, I would not be still doing this. It's too hard to work for some external goal like that. I write for a whole bunch of reasons including hoping to make a positive change in the world and teaching myself the things I need and connecting with others, okay? It's not because I want to sell a billion books. If that happens, that's great, but that's nothing I can control, so that's never been a goal of mine. As a result, I've had a rewarding and satisfying career because I've been able to achieve the things that I can control and find my way through that. And I've had to give up or I've decided to give up some other things on the way that were more important in the beginning that aren't now, okay? In a great article on Psychology Today written by Peg Streep, she talks about managing your regrets, and I think that's part of it, especially as we age. Regret is doesn't mean that anything's wrong. If you've lived an engaged life, you're bound to have some regrets, because there are always things we could have done differently or maybe even better. I think that makes us human. And I think understanding and taking responsibility for those things in our minds and hearts is a healthy way to be. I think if you have lived a life with no regrets, it means you're not being very thoughtful and very self-aware. Now, you don't need to get stuck in these regrets, right? And so when you're releasing one thing to pursue a different direction. You might want to write down the regrets, how you regret the things you did that kept you from this goal or the regrets of actions you've taken or actions you haven't taken. But keep this in mind that lots of research shows that regret actually helps us become more productive because when we take stock of our regrets and understand them, we can understand where we've been why we did what we did, and use that information as we pursue our future 
goals. This can keep us from making the same mistakes again. In fact, this is about growing up, right? When I was younger, I had no regrets. Well, now I'm a little wiser, um, a little more compassionate. When I sit back, I'm like, ah, there are a few things I could have done differently or better, things I wish I hadn't done. Do they get in my way of this life? No, but I use them to remind me where I started and who I am now and what I want to be, okay? Another thing to keep in mind when you're quitting one thing to take on something that is now more meaningful is most people, when surveyed, regret the things they haven't done. So think about this. You know, perhaps you invested money in a stock that then went bust, or perhaps you pursued a career that really became unfulfilling and uh, you still have student loans to pay off. You can sit there and beat yourself up over those choices, but people who didn't make the move at all tend to live with a heavier weight than the rest of us. I'll give you an example of a great friend of mine who went all the way through law school and became an attorney and knew that that wasn't for her. So very early on, she recognized that while there were regrets either way, she knew she had to try this second career of becoming a writer. And she's extremely successful and super fun and all the other good things that come in life. So she left her law career after years of law school to pursue a different career altogether because she felt that she would more likely regret not giving it a go to begin with. And that is absolutely how I feel. The biggest pain and stress I've had in my life has been from the things I haven't tried. The things I've thought about that I wished I'd tried or done. I don't want to sit on the sidelines wondering. So maybe I'll have regrets for the next goal and directions I pursue. Maybe it won't pan out the way I want, but I won't regret the trying. Okay. All right, finally, as you go forward, letting go of one thing for another, remember, sometimes you might worry about it, right? You might ruminate, well, I wished I hadn't. Well, I spent so much time in that marriage only to find true love now. I wish I hadn't waited so long. You know, I waited a long time to have my hip surgeries and then COVID set me back again. And many people are like, you just need to do this. You just need to do that. I'll tell you what. I was not ready. It's my body and my mind. And I make decisions about how it's going to be cared for. And I wasn't ready. Now I feel great. And it's really easy to sit there in my recliner and say, oh, I wished I'd done this earlier. But the truth of the matter is when I really get down and dirty and start exploring that thought process, I don't. Because by waiting an extra few years, there was a new process and new technology the timing was better for my family. And I had no concerns at all going into that surgery. Whereas even five years ago, I had many concerns. So rumination is bound to happen. We are bound to second guess ourselves, right? That Monday morning quarterbacking. Okay. Hindsight is twenty twenty, But don't feed the rumination. Don't stir up the worry. Recognize it. Notice it and say, hey, okay. I hear you. I hear you worries. And I'm going to consciously focus on moving on. Now, sometimes I meditate on this. 
Sometimes I write it in my journal, expressive writing. You know, here's what I'm feeling worried about. Here's what I'm feeling disappointed in. And I really hone in the issue in specifics. And that allows me to move on. But when you think in broader terms of the goals you're going for and your desires and needs now, it doesn't do any good to second guess or ruminate on on where you've been. Use that knowledge and use those thoughts to propel you forward, okay? And remember, think in broad terms of what you want to feel and experience in your life. And there may be lots of ways to achieve that going forward. But it all starts with giving up, letting loose, letting go, surrendering, quitting the thing that we've been holding tight to yet no longer brings us joy or the thing we're not making progress on, the thing that is holding us back from something better. I'm thinking a lot about this topic as my daughter grows up, as I grow older, as my life changes again and again, like yours, right? We are in a time of incredible change and that's just the nature of it now in this world. It's how it goes. Yeah, we can take charge of the thing we move to. And I'm going to explore this more in my um, essays on Substack. You can find me there at polycampbell.substack.com. You can also find me on my website at polycampbell.com. And I addressed some of this in my newest book called You Recharge, which is available wherever books are sold. So get in touch, subscribe to the newsletter. It's free. And it's actually an interesting community. I hear from a lot of you and I learn so much. So if you're looking to explore these things in your own life, join me on polycampbell.substack.com. Remember, when we can let go of those goals that no longer serve us and be deliberate in choosing the next one, the thing that makes us excited, the thing that aligns with our values now, then we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.